Mighty Morphin Power Rangers premiered in the U.S. on August 28th, 1993. Let's put 20 minutes on the clock. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Hello and welcome to Pilot Study episode number 50 and our season 3 premiere. My name is Chris Lantinen and I am your host and today I'm joined, as always, he's the number one customer over at Ernie's Juice Bar. It's Grimes! <laughs> yes sir, so happy to be back for season 3. Season 3, let's do this. But first, we have one more special guest i believe he has been on an episode every season so we got him very early in season three in the very first episode he is the host of the missing artwork podcast and one of my co-hosts over at my other show you'll recognize him his voice from our live uh, at south by southwest episode where we talked about tenacious d and flight of the concords it's michael s conwellis welcome mike Oh, thanks for that. Uh, thanks for that intro. It was a little, a little loaded. Maybe I hang out with you guys too much. <laughs> I think, I think that's. I mean, anybody that hangs out with us for any time is too much. So like, you're probably correct. Like any good podcast, we just have the same three or four people on over and over again. Mm. That's right. That's right. That is the that is the golden the o- spirit. The only thing missing is that we are like calling you on a cell phone with bad connection. That's how like. <laughs> <laughs> frequent guests are usually presented you actually have a mic so a big welcome to everyone for uh pilot study season three i think we've got a great theme month to kick off this batch of episodes today we are kicking off saturday morning all programming in this month will be primarily known as saturday morning programming obviously today we are doing the mighty Morphin power rangers so we are stretching outside the realm of cartoons but we're going to be talking Saturday mornings, those shows, and we'll be doing some other fun countdowns along with the episode. So today's episode is, of course, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It was adapted from a show in Japan, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, a a show in Japan called Super Sentai. And more specifically, and this is from the Power Rangers wiki, every every great show has a wiki. Of course. This is to be true. Uh, This is the... Let's see if I can pronounce this. This was a Super Sentai show in 1992, and the the Power Rangers utilized footage from all those 50 episodes of the Super Sentai series. Um, One, it has the most amazing intro sequence of all time, (laughs) which I sent you guys in text, in which Mm -hmm. I will place a snippet of here in the episode. But I believe it's pronounced Kuru Sentai Jurja. Kuru Sentai Jurja! So if I mispronounce that, I apologize. But uh, yes, I'm uh, impressed. We will also we will also link that. That is from the that's from the intro song. So I had to pick up the pronunciation from that. Uh, the episode is titled "Day of the Dumpster." Mike, it is on <laughs> Netflix, correct? Correct. All right, yeah. so I watched can, it. You can go over and watch it on Netflix. Do not make the mistake I made <coughs> and use the Daily Motion link. 
Um, <laughs> I probably got a virus. It's just a minute. I, I can guarantee you, you got a virus. Um, one minute yeah. ad. To, one minute ad to kick it off. Uh, it would just be random ad breaks of a minute long, just in the middle of sentences. And then when it came back, it wouldn't even pick up where it left off. It would pick up like five seconds before it actually left off. Uh, just a few more specs before we get into it. Uh, the writer of the episode was a guy named Tony Oliver. He has a lot of credits as an actor, but he only wrote three episodes of Power Rangers. He wrote the pilot, the lost pilot, which we'll talk about, and then one other. Uh, but most of his stuff is voice acting. There was one director named Strathford Hamilton. First off, great name. That's a great name. <laughs> okay, excellent name. Fantastic. I, I'm going to change my name to that. He directed this and The Lost Pilot, and that's it, of Power Rangers. And the other director is a guy named Adrian Carr, and he directed four episodes of the show. And it was actually three of those episodes were three of the first four. So he did quite a few of those episodes as well. And I believe he worked on The Lost Pilot as well. So guys, let's get into it, as we always do, with a little bit of title talk. Grimes, what did you think of this <laughs> amazing Power Rangers title sequence? Oh, so many thoughts. Um, <laughs> I, the first thing that struck out of me that I will say is a positive is that I like um, in a title sequence when it's different with each episode and there's a little foreshadowing. Hmm. And I, I then I realized that is not the case. This, this lady is the bad guy <laughs> every episode. in every episode. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, huh, I never noticed that with Power Because then I was like, holy shit, I'm giving them way too much credit. Once I watched beyond the intro sequence and realized this was a bare minimum production. Not even a bare minimum production, but I mean, we'll get into this. I believe every good part of this show was stolen from Super Sentai. Like I every, will go, every cool part is taken from another show. I will go as far as to say that this show is the Trump presidency of television. <laughs> it's like somebody took television executives and dared them to do something so bad that like they would never be allowed to work again. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what did you what do you think? And of it the... still worked and became a hit. Like they couldn't even like fail on purpose. Mike, what did you think of the uh, theme, the uh, title sequence, and more importantly, the theme song? I'm curious. Theme, I'm curious your thoughts on the theme song. Well, it's fantastic that both like the original version and this new version both have killer theme songs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's a very big. That's a big uh, plus right there. I'm I'm a big fan of that. It's really one of the only saving grace of of this whole thing because like that song is amazing. Mm-hmm. It is a but, classic theme. Yeah, like I love it, and it's pretty. You know, it's it's it, the rest of it's not so amazing. <laughs> it's a little bit rough, but I have to say it, it's funny, too, when you watch the Daily Motion one, because I started watching that one, too. And I was noticing like that, like, you know, like the audio wasn't matching up. So I thought it was like broken or something. But when I watched <laughs> yeah. it, Netflix, no, that's, uh, that's <laughs> the uh, not the case. It's just straight up broken. So. so are you saying like the way the episode opens is very like what what part of the audio doesn't match up? I didn't remember that. Like, her mouth sometimes just yeah. isn't moving, and we're meant to believe words are coming out. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Yeah, we'll get to that here in a second. The uh, guy who wrote the theme song, his name is Ron Wasserman. And, oh, and at that time, he was performing as Aaron Waters, the Mighty Raw. <laughs> oh, oh my God. <laughs> awesome, dude. And uh, you know what? I, I like. I, lo- I love the theme song, obviously. It's got like this kind of trans-Siberian orchestra guitar layering going on. Yeah, it's kind of metal. Like, especially yeah. like oh, when it picks metal. up there. Yeah, it's like kind of like, um, 
it's kind of like that playful that playful metal that like parents would go see a concert of trans siberian or trans siberian orchestra style um so it's like non-offensive metal i guess would be a good word for it, it like kind of carries some of those characteristics but like puts it in a very sugary package right uh the it's the theme song was written by uh is it haim sabin how do you pronounce his name mike do you know uh, i i don't really remember i, um, I want to say sabin or something hot yeah it's something something like that did well, anyone involved in this have a regular name not really okay so <laughs> have you watched this show <laughs> i was gonna get to that because the writing credit is actually a guy named kusa machi and that was Saban. <laughs> that was like his uh that was like his songwriting like alter ego or his alias. Wow. So he actually was going by another name. Uh Shuki Levy is the other one. It was released on cassette and vinyl, so there are seven inches out there. I think it's like twenty bucks to get one to the US if you want one. Um and Levy is also the composer here and he did fifty three episodes. 53 episodes of Dragon Ball Z, uh, 62 episodes of that X-Men cartoon that was also on Saturday mornings. I love and that. And same songwriting team that put together the theme song for that X-Men cartoon. Um, so, and, and I, I, I was actually struck by the score a couple times, how it reintegrated that theme song, um, especially mm. at a moment at the end after they defeat Goldar and they have that big celebration. And it's kind of winding down there. There's this nice refrain of it. But I was I was actually pretty impressed by the score. And obviously, that guy is very successful, and especially within kids' programming. So, well, I feel like the the music, because even like say something with like um, the Bulk and Skull like intro music, yeah. a lot of the music in this show is really well done. Very it fits playful. tone very. Yeah, like it, it fits the tone very well. It you know it, it plays with the like the the joyfulness of like this whole show, or mm-hmm. some other people might call it stupid, but <laughs> <laughs> like oh. the the ridiculousness of this show. Like I don't know, like the music is actually something that's really impressive. Yeah, um, I do want to say before we get into some plot specifics, these are the episode they took um, footage from a whole bunch of the uh, from a whole bunch of episodes in the Japanese show um, different episodes to complete this so they had footage from episode 1 episode 2 3 6 17 and 20 so they really pulled from like all <laughs> over the place to complete this episode you kind of have to admire the audacity of creating what is supposed to be an original show but then borrow- borrowing all like the action footage and uh, like all the Megazord stuff is all from the Japanese show. <laughs> um, like fight footage is from like episode one, Megazord versus Goldar battle. That's from three different episodes, six, 17 and 20 was all the Megazord Goldar battles. Like just uh-huh. kind of spliced together into one like Frankenstein um, as <laughs> creation. It's like, it's completely it's wild how they built. Yeah, this. it's pretty crazy. Like, but it, it, Using ha- those resources. You have to think, like, back in that day, there was no way that these kids... They didn't have... They don't have Netflix. They don't have access to the Japanese show. So there's no way they would know that this was crafted from recycled bits, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of... Now you go on Reddit and find out. Yeah. You t- you t- you t- they took advantage of the <laughs> technological inadequacies of those, <laughs> of those youth like myself. Um, I, I, did, I wanted to ask a question to start... A, so hopefully start a discussion here how they frame the teenagers in this show. That, uh-huh. that was curious <laughs> to me. Like, let's talk about what kind of teens that they wanted to put on TV 
what kind they deemed heroic and kind of like what 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 qualities did they deem heroic to you guys in in terms of like the characterization of um the four rangers well i mean it's not subtle um (laughs) the just overt racism of the characters lining up with their Oh yeah. my god. Racist stereotypes <laughs> colors. I mean the black <laughs> rangers wearing a fucking black suit. <laughs> Asians wearing a yellow suit. The good white guy is wearing a red Republican suit. <laughs> the weak white guy is wearing a blue Democrat suit. The oh good girl is wearing the pink virginal suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, That's I true. mean it lines up. And she also had the booty good. shorts. She did have right? booty shorts, yeah. She always needs dudes to help her. The jock saves them all by teaching karate. Like, it's crazy. Violence is the answer. <laughs> what about in, what about in terms of, like... Um, so they, they do these, like, rules at the end, right? The three basic rules of being a Power Ranger. And it kind of reminded me of, like, the Boy Scout pledge that I had to take growing up, you know? It was uh, never for personal gain. That was the first rule. Never escalate a battle, which seems like a really hard rule to follow. Like, how do you know if you escalated the battle? <laughs> like, if they grow huge, right? And mm-hmm. you're like, well, let's get our fucking Megazords and fight this dude. But you pull the sword out first. Did you escalate the battle? Like, I feel like so, you should focus yeah. on winning. There's, there would be some major debates going on within <laughs> the Power Ranger uh, <laughs> a team. Over Zach, what, you escalated but... it. <laughs> Wasn't me. <laughs> Wasn't me, well, man. Of course, Kimberly, Billy, how dare Billy you? would be the only one worried about it. Like, yeah, because Billy so. seems to be the only one who's just like super insecure, doesn't really get anything. Billy, right. who looks, so he would hide behind the rules, of course. I believe Billy actually first auditioned for the Red Ranger, and did not get it. And then when he got the Blue Ranger, they were like doing martial arts training because they're all, they're all like gymnasts already because they do, they make sure to show like their gymnast abilities at different times and billy was a gymnast as well for many years and apparently like they were training and stuff and billy was getting like too good at karate so they're like you got to be a little wuss <laughs> so yeah <laughs> you need to stop learning now and then he like way overdid it on the acting like a wuss part yeah. oh man yeah. i hated him um, oh, I just can't get this karate. And, oh. and the third one, like, was, dude, it's your first day of karate, and you're taking it at a mall. Like, chill out. And he, <laughs> where is Angel Grove anyway? It's like, do they ever say what state it's in? That shit could be Iowa. Fuck's sake. No, it's like it's like Springfield. It just exists within, you know, yeah. the it's state. It's in the middle of like just white privilege. Yeah, it's it, yeah. Oh god, it's in it's in a, it's so in a state. Um. And also, the third rule is, of course, as with all superheroes, is keep your identity a secret. You don't talk about Power Ranger Club. <laughs> which is always, which is always uh, again, another ridiculous rule. Um, but, you know, they, so they have those rules right there. And then they're also all portrayed as very valiant figures, like in the fight at the beginning, right? In the Lost Pilot, which um, I can link in the episode post, the fight at the beginning between, like, bulk and skull and his bullies there's like four or five bullies in the lost pilot and it's not mm. funny at all it's like there's like an actual f- like brawl in a bowling alley <laughs> and, they, and they like and they like kind of kick the bullies asses and yeah, it's kind of dark did you like watch it Mike? Stuff, yeah i watched like the beginning of it like the bully stuff is pretty dark in yeah the, like in the they pilot. look like back to the future like bullies but tougher 
Mm-hmm. You know, and like there's like an actual fight that breaks out, and like they're kicking their asses and beating them up, and <laughs> you feel like the studio notes they got back from that were like, "All right, like tone we, it down." <laughs> we know they're bullies, but they have to like avoid them. You know, they can't actually throw any punches. They have to like <laughs> make them trip over themselves and like make them goof up, and that's why they fall, and that's why the, that's how the Power Rangers win. You know. It was kind of confusing too with the where that fight kind of began because it's just like oh you know don't don't do that it's mm-hmm. for defense or whatever else like I just got really confused over the message when it came to that fight yeah it's like in like when Zach and Jason are like sparring at the beginning they're just like mm-hmm. doing a lot of avoiding <laughs> they're like <laughs> doing these amazing moves like these like hurricane kicks or whatever Jason named his kick later on somehow <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would love to just be able to name kicks hurricane kick but they would like yeah, and then Zach it's like some Napoleon dynamite shit and then like Jason <laughs> flipped Zach like completely 360 over and he just landed perfectly on his feet and so it was all of about course. like avoiding each other so it was like very much the self defense style of karate and that's how they beat up Bulk and Skull. But again, in that last pilot, like uh, it was a lot tougher, and like mm-hmm. it was kind of like a real fight, which was interesting. <laughs> and also, I'd say that in the last pilot, Zach is clearly—they are clearly pitching Zach as like the Will Smith of the show. Mm. He's like flirting with girls. I believe he gives a girl a kiss at one point. He like comes, oh, nice. he comes like dancing in. I mean, he loves to dance. We know this. First of all, um, yeah, speaking of the dancing, now, I wasn't really sure, and you guys can correct me because your music is sort of your thing. Right. But what about during the fight when they would have a little hip-hop beat? And oh, my God, I know exactly like, what dance. you're talking about. <laughs> that happened three times that I noticed, so it probably he- really happened like five or six. Anytime Zach danced, it became hip hop music. Yeah. Like whenever they cut to him, but he would do like a little suck and jive first and then throw a punch. Mm hmm. Yeah, it was like, like that was like, his like they were daring him to be like, all right, do something racist real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for like Trini's like music to be like something super racist too, but they kept it pretty casual on that one. It cuts into a very quick MC hammer dance like sequence. Or like, you know, the traditional racist japanese like piano chord thing yeah (laughs) (laughs) just waiting yeah it's just waiting for it all to go bad (laughs) the the more i think about it the yellow with the asian character is really really bad yeah like that one's like that one's (laughs) up man it's it's next level fucked up like (laughs) in the movie i mean we are media scholars to be fair maybe not everybody is coming at it from a neoliberal perspective but (laughs) It's there it if you're looking, and it does not in, take uh, a second. In the movie that in the movie that just came out this year, they make sure to course correct all of that stuff. Like, yes, there is an Asian kid; he's the Black Ranger, and the um, the African American kid; he is the Blue Ranger. He's the nerd, you know. So they kind of like play against type, and also mm-hmm. kind of reference, you know, how stereotypical it was in the early 90s. I mean, again, this is the early 90s. We didn't... If Different they, world. If they released this show today, there would be a think piece on the AV Club or, you know, whatever site the next day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right, and it would be like, 
how do we live in a world where our president's favorite show is Power Rangers? <laughs> <laughs> it makes it easy for him to recognize Ray's, you know? <laughs> he likes charts and things to make sense in a very simple and straightforward way. Like, yellow equals Asian, Mr. Trump. <laughs> you know that. That's what you call Orientals. Great show. Perfect show. Perfect show. <laughs> I, I know who all the minorities are, even in battle. I know. <laughs> Uh, this conversation is taking a dark turn. <laughs> uh, also, when we record at 10 p.m. Also, in the, in the Lost Pilot, um, it's his name is Zoltar. What's his name in the real one? Zordon. So his Zordon. Na- his name is Zoltar in the Lost Pilot, which apparently aired like five or six years later. It was like it's like a it's kind of like a weird presentation, isn't it, Mike? It's like an intro from two of the cast members, and then they present. It has like uh, unused footage or whatever, but it was yeah. like the first thing, first pilot they produced. And Zoltar, the CGI they use for it is so incredibly <laughs> ridiculous. It's like, um, it's kind of like in the '90s when they would try to do like virtual reality graphics. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know if you guys have, are have watched. I know John, you just watched the first episode of X Files, but there's a notoriously horrible virtual reality episode of the X X Files in the late '90s. And this is check that out. This is in that kind of in that zone. Uh, a few other things. There, the bad guy in that in the Lost is called Fly Guy, which I thought was just brilliant. <laughs> so they fight Fly Guy, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Goldar's act- also there. So they fight both of them. Nice. Uh, it's not it's not very um, organized in this first version, and uh, there's a different Trini. That's the other that's the other ma- major difference. But it's if you are a Power Rangers fan, you have not seen the Lost Pilot, or if you're just a nostalgia nostalgic person, it's it's very much worth watching. I, I had a, I had a totally good laugh. Different. Yeah, yeah I, I had a good totally laugh. Different. There's also a shot of the TV, and it says "Live from the Moon." <laughs> <laughs> because it's kind of like a Good mystery God. as to where Rita like the day of the dumpster references like these astronauts that are on like this desert planet and they open up the space dumpster and Rita Repulsa comes out of the space dumpster and that's like kind of the start of the villainy and she's like I'm gonna destroy the closest planet and she points and it's supposed to be Earth like she's just like <laughs> I'm gonna destroy the closest planet and it just happens to be Earth but apparently, like, it's not the moon, because when they show her base later on in the episode, it's a completely different landscape and terrain, and I think that's the moon. Right? Because, like, also, too, like, the colors that the astronauts were on that planet, like, very it was thin, weird. Very thin it, spacesuits as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, not only that, like, I feel like the whole origin of how they were freed is was very looked. Uh, it was very um, rushed in a way. Like, who were these astronauts? Why were they going through dumpsters? Why was there a dumpster there in the beginning, anyways? You think oh, like, look, ah. a random space dumpster. Let's open <laughs> yeah, it. That's, as that's as, we're, as we were taught at the NASA Academy, just open random shit. It's that's like, not even an exaggeration. That is literally what they say. Let's open this. It's like every single alien movie uh, starts the. The rewrite on that script was done. Let's open this. It's like it's like in every single alien movie there is a scene where the person looks at the egg hatching and gets jumped on by a face hugger. I'm like eventually you guys have to have a training session that that's like when things are opening up in space just like take a few steps back. 
That's it. Just, you know, maybe at the very least, turn around and begin to walk away. Maybe, <laughs> maybe don't open the space dumpster before right. maybe you do some preliminary tests. You know, something like that. Like, do those guys even realize what they did? Like, they, they set up fifty. They unleashed Earth attacks. Hell. Like, yeah, like ugh. a lot of people probably died from what they did. <laughs> Well, let's just let's just look at the Power Rangers wiki because I want to know how many episodes there were in the first season. Let's see how many attacks that we can blame on the astronauts because every single episode is the same exact thing. I don't know if you know this, John. Every single episode, <laughs> she sends down a big monster with her staff. Or no, she sends down the monster, they have a fight with the monster, and then in the second fight, she throws down her staff and it's a big monster, same monster. So let's see. We have oh my god, there was there was sixty episodes just in the first season. <laughs> sixty large scale Earth attacks. These guys have to live with it. Every time in it happens, year. every time every time it happens, they probably get so many death threats. Let's go. What do you think it is? It looks like a giant space dumpster. Let's open it up. Well, it's like they're on they're on the moon or whatever planet they were on. So it's like I guess yeah. did they ever go back? Like are I they don't at a space know. station watching all the horror happen. Like I would like to say that I I do enjoy how it, this is a kids show. So I do enjoy how quickly they get into the plot. You you can't spend ten minutes introducing Rita Repulsa. Oh, open the <laughs> open the dumpster. Five bad guys. They're on the moon. Boom. Let's do this. Like you, you just can't spend. You can't. You can't even spend five minutes setting it up. You have to. Be Another thing into I really like, going along with that, is that all the aliens and monsters look like members of Guar. <laughs> <laughs> I really respect the costume design. Like it's pretty scary, it's but yet they're still design. like funny and quirky and shit. They, they, I really do think it was pretty decent. Yeah, there's like funny, funny things about this whole series that some things are really well done and then some things are just like really horribly done it's like as if like their staff was like a mixture of just really talented friends and then just people they had to hire for like you know pennies to kind of get the right well everything (laughs) everything like on earth in the human world is pretty like um cheaply done like ernie's juice bar looks like the place that they um they have food at Saved by the Bell. Like it kind of has like that sort of like color scheme. Are you saying vibe. you don't want to go to Ernie's Juice Bar? Because that shit looks great. I do love juice. Um, <laughs> you can learn karate there. That's that's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> the only juice bar that also offers karate lessons. Uh, and I think Zordon's like headquarters is pretty cheap as well, um, considering it's just Christmas lights hanging up in the on a black backdrop in the background. But then, like, yeah, like, Rita Repulsa's headquarters is super dope, but that was also taken from the Japanese show. So, mm-hmm. again, it's like everything that the Power Rangers, those actors are not in, looks awesome. Like, when the, <laughs> when the Megazords are all running, or when the Zords are all running together in that very famous uh, right-to-left sequence with the music. Mm-hmm. Um, when the Zords are, like, coming together, and there's all that lightning, and there's the big fights, and... It's kind of like obviously taking from the man in suit uh, monster wrestling movies, you know, like mm. that is all excellent. But I mean, everything else is done by the American company and it looks cheap because they probably made this show on a shoestring budget. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's why. Um, 
Also, this this show is like the ultimate toy bonanza. I, I, I also yeah. Want oh to yeah, for sure. I could see that. Even like the Putty Patrol, like the little molds, mm-hmm. like you could sell those molds. So you could sell all the villains that are introduced at the beginning, all the different Power Rangers. You gotta yeah. collect them all. I I remember they would sell. I think they would sell the Zords separately, and then you could build the Megazord if you had them all. Oh, nice! Yeah. Which is cool. the greatest idea. So you it's could like, brilliant. have, and then they, they would sell like big monster versions, so that you could you would have to mm-hmm. fight them. So you could sell the Putty Patrol themselves. I mean, everything was um, super cool. Also, the Putty Patrol is super creepy. <laughs> yeah, that's weird, man. That's kind of like, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't want to say, but we all know what I'm saying. <laughs> I really don't know what you're referencing. I, yeah, I'm kind of curious. Like, what... It looks like shit, right? I mean, like it's like a shit puppet. A shit puppet. Okay. The mold, right? You're talking about like oh, they roll oh, up legs, right? Yeah, yeah. They roll up like the turd and then yeah. make it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're putty, dog. I'm, I'm talking about like their actual like ending human beings in the suits. That cre- like oh, that kind of stuff okay. creeps me out. It's like the community. What's the community mascot? Oh, the human. Yeah, human the, being. The human being. Yeah. <laughs> It's like uh, in the new movie, they're just like um, rock formations, basically. Like rocks come together and form them. But I don't mm-hmm. know. The human form, like the dude in suits, is always so much creepier than me. And yeah. the and the, like, no, the noises they would make, I don't even remember what it was, but it was like. Yeah. That's literally scary. what it is. That's scary. That is scary to me. I don't scary. know why. I don't, I don't love it. No, that's pretty know. fucking scary. <laughs> Like these these teenagers with attitude are, they they choose some weird things. You know what? They're not really phased by much, to be perfectly honest. No, if like eight dudes dressed like that like cornered me in a desert, I'd be like, I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah, it's like holy <laughs> shit, what the fuck's going on? this stuff happened to me once in life, I would freak, and this shit just came at them one day from the mall. Like, <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden they're in a goddamn infrared portal, tripping through mountains. Like, <laughs> yeah, like they're not even freaked out by the portal thing. They're just like, where are we going? Like, like are this you is a normal kidding? Thursday afternoon, fellas. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to have to bring up this conspiracy theory, but you know, what if, what if our good boy Ernie? has been putting a little bit something-something in the juice. What I mean by that is some blended-up psychedelic mushrooms. Right, maybe. Every episode, the Power Rangers roll in. They get a big smoothie. (laughs) Ernie gives them an extra large just in case. Oh, my God. (laughs) A lot of psychedelic (laughs) mushrooms in there, and they just think that they're like fighting in Zords and like fighting tripping on the floor. And And then at the very end of the series, last shot of the series... It's just Ernie sitting in silence in his underwear in the juice bar. And it's just the Power Rangers running around, (laughs) yelling weird things, rolling around on the ground. They've been tripping every episode. Mm -hmm. And then it shows like five FBI agents behind a (laughs) two-sided glass panel. It's like, well, Johnson... It looks like it works like a charm. Yeah, it's it's Bulk and Skull. They're the FBI agents. <laughs> I think I, I think we've cracked this case. Uh, any random notes, Mike? I'll let you start. Uh, let's see. Um, I really love the fact that they just blow off Zordon. Um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. one of my favorite parts. <laughs> Whatever. 
Yeah, I don't get it. Let's get out of here. Yeah, Zach, let's go, guys. Zach, in both the unaired pilot and the real pilot, is the first to blow off Zordon. I don't know what they're trying to say here, but it's not good. <laughs> Yo, like, whatever, bro. Yeah, whatever, man. Let's get out of here. And then they just go wandering in the fucking desert, and they complain. Oh, he could have taken us back. I guess we just better keep walking. <laughs> yeah, because we know where we're going somehow with just yeah. nothing. How far from town do you think they were? 200 miles? 300 miles? Like, they were just walking, man. They didn't give a shit. No water? Well, like, the thing that was crazy, too, it's like, they really didn't make the decision to do this until pretty much their life was in danger. Yeah. Where, like, they didn't want to be Power Rangers. They didn't want to do any of this stuff. They rejected it. And then, you know, they were faced Rita Repulsa basically had to, like, send a nuke at them in the desert. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where they were like well i guess we gotta do this let's turn into stupid dinosaurs <laughs> they, they all had to fall over on the ground very awkwardly and in, into a pile yeah that was the best part when they're in that little <laughs> circle all scared and shit and it's just like oh what are we gonna do you know billy's freaking out he couldn't billy, even do karate earlier <laughs> billy literally has a turn in his pants <laughs> <He's so upset. laughs> okay what, think, what, like, what other notes do you got um, there was something I did kind of note that I thought was kind of interesting where if you really look at this episode and you look at the Power Rangers, they go through like the most it's like the mini hero's journey for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like they're in their world, their world is like kind of like changed because of Zordon. And then they're all like, nah, we ain't doing this. They go on like a 10 minute hike. They get attacked and they like accept their fate. <laughs> it's kind of like a weird little mini hero's journey in this episode. I thought that was all, cool. all, all crammed into 20 minutes, which again, I think yeah. is, is very, very um, admirable. Like me, mm-hmm. me and you Grimes, we watch a lot of episodes where nothing happens until like the last 10 minutes where they just stall and stall and stall. And they, yeah, they introduce characters, but nothing plot wise happens until 10 minutes so that they can set up the rest of the series. This is just like, guess what? Here's plot. We put it in some Kool-Aid and we're going to dump it over your head. Exactly. Exactly. Like more happens in one episode of Power Rangers than like a season and a half of Mad Men. (laughs) 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 And we sit through that and just love it because the suits are cool, you know? So everybody has what they like and people like this because at the time the suits were cool. You know, that was just how it was in the 90s. Shit was coming at us and... I thought, we you, liked all. I, I thought you were going to say Breaking Bad and then I can bring in the Brian Cranston connection that he was uh, ooh, he ooh, was no. he, he was Zordon in the movie and he I'm was in John the original Hamm's series. This shit somehow we got to dig <laughs> those links up. He, he was the man in Goldar suit for, yeah. for many years. <laughs> uh, Grimes, what, what kind of uh, random notes do you got? Well, I love that um, the morbidly obese bully, because I think the fat, angry man is misrepresented and underrepresented in the media. <laughs> <laughs> I think so often now the husky man is uh, relegated to be like a jolly Chris Farley type. Yeah. And then that makes us all depressed because we have no like uh, symbol for our anger and rage. That's okay in Hollywood. <laughs> Bulk is your symbol, man. Bulk yeah. um, was there for us, dude. And I... I hated Billy the second that he uttered the phrase fully sentient multifunctional automaton about Alpha 5 instead of just saying, oh, a robot. He tried to make it all like, <laughs> be like, 
I was like, you're a bitch for that, dude. <laughs> it's a fucking... I just, want, I just want Zach to, like, just hit him on his chest. Sure. Dude, what the fuck? It's a robot, dude. It's a robot, man. You don't have to say it like that. Like, these chicks are never gonna be into you. You know me and Black Ranger are getting all of it. So, just like... <laughs> I would love if they start referring to themselves as me and Black Ranger. <laughs> Jesus, like, me and Black Ranger are going to Ernie's Juice Bar. I just feel like this happened. Like, this this happened because, like, a bunch of Japanese and American TV execs got together. And they were like, all right, we need to combine, like, Saved by the Bell and the Karate Kid. That shit's making a lot of money. So we need to make a show like that. And that's what they did. And they were like, oh, guess what? We have 50 hours of footage already. Take this. Yeah, yeah take this. Like in yeah. something like the Max, a.k.a. the Juice Bar. <laughs> you got your nerd screech already built in. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. Uh, it's there, man. And then, of course, the karate boom of the 80s. For some reason, every suburban kid had to take karate. I don't know why, but yeah, we, were, we all did it. Self-defense, bro. Self-defense. Um, yeah. Okay, so I've got... I, I love that uh, Raider Repulsa is riding a tricycle or a bike or something next to Goldar in like, that Wizard of Oz globe that they show when they like <laughs> introduce her as the villain. I thought that was... I mean, I laughed out loud. I don't. Some may call it an orb. <laughs> Pretty. Oh yeah, the orb. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, Donald Trump's hand was also on the orb at that time. <laughs> uh, I forgot that they derived their powers from Legends of Dinosaurs. That's pretty cool. I totally forgot that part yeah. too. Yeah, that's they cool. That. I was like, oh shit, it's dinosaurs. Um, some more Lost Pilot stuff uh, when they when they do like when they show the transformation, not 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 the not the morphing, but. When they show, like, Jason, you will have the power of the T-Rex, his face, like, actually, like, turns into a T-Rex head for a second, and then it, like, jumps back, like a real T-Rex head, not even the Zord. It's very, it's very, very strange. Uh, (laughs) Goldar totally bitches out and runs away as soon as they get their sword out. Like they, they, they don't even finish the fight. He just like flies away. Oh, fuck a sword. He, he has, he has a sword. (laughs) <laughs> just fucking oh, fight <laughs> oh my god it's fair yeah he totally uh bails at that point um i like that she throws her wand through space mm-hmm. um i Classic love moment. i love like the zords like rising out of the volcanoes and the tiger jumping through the forest again i think that stuff all looks super cool and just like really unique to what like kids programming is is today and probably was then as well um yeah. I would say Trini, Trini gets shortchanged in this episode, not just because of the extremely racist color costume choice, <laughs> but she literally has nothing to do. Um, she like yeah. punches one Putty Patrol member. And the Putty Patrol, doesn't it eventually become that if you punch them in the chest, they blow up? They have like a center chest thing, don't yeah, they? Uh, it's something to do with their chest. Yeah. I don't really remember what it was, but... It's yeah. it, they. I don't know. It the, was some shit like that. <laughs> the rapist gray guys. You can eventually <laughs> just punch him in the chest. And uh, I think that's all I had. I had something about Rita Repulsa. Like there was. Oh, okay, I do have something about her. So it was this Japanese woman, uh, Maki- uh, Makiko. Or I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Soga played her in the Japanese version, but this woman Barbara Goodson was dubbing her voice, so she came over and she dubbed the voice for the American version. And eventually, they replaced uh, Soga 
when they ran out of footage with some other woman, but Goodson still did the voice. So they had like, <laughs> they brought somebody else in to play her, but the voice remained the same. So her voice mm-hmm. still, the new person's voice, which I, her name was like something Perez. Um, mm. Yeah. So she Ro- was it Rosie Perez? It was. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the characters, like all the actors, like none of them really did anything except uh, the one that plays Kimberly, Amy Jo Johnson. Uh, she was on 50 episodes of Felicity, 75 episodes of Flashpoint. She was on Covert Affairs in 2014. So she she got a lot of TV work, but um, nobody, everybody else does like cons, like signing Ooh. stuff as like their characters, you know, stuff That's like that. That's always fun. Yeah. And then one, one more unique thing, Bridget Riley, she was one of the people in the putty patrol suits. Um, she actually did stunts on Star Trek Beyond and Twilight. So she's like a very mm. successful uh, stunt person. Mm. And uh, this episode was the Red Ranger VHS in the original VHS line, which I had. That's, uh, I thought that was cool. <laughs> and they had a Power Rangers. Hold on. I have the images here. They had a crunch it wasn't it wasn't power rangers cereal but they did have like a crunch berries collect the upcs um get a red ranger watch fuck they had uh yep and i i'll send you guys the image here in a second but it was a pretty cool looking watch and they also had power rangers granola bars Mm. for for every ranger you need to have a granola bar when you're fighting no official power ranger cereal though which leads us to the last part of our episode and so throughout this throughout this theme month we're going to be talking a little bit about some uh saturday morning traditions and obviously one of those traditions is you get up you're sitting down you're going to watch your cartoons you're going to watch your power rangers you're going to watch uh whatever big monster is coming up that week and you're going to have some cereal so what mm-hmm. we did is we put together our 10 favorite cereals for you. I didn't rank mine 1 to 10. I don't think you did Grimes, right? No, I didn't rank. I just listed so from, the, from the dome. Just a general list. And uh, I know, Grimes, you are so passionate about this. You sent us oh, your man. list prior, even though you knew we would make fun of it. I so dropped please. it like an exclusive <laughs> mixtape, and you guys shat all over my dreams, man. <laughs> Lay it out As for usual. us. Lay it out for As us. Usual. What, what are your 10 favorite cereals? Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, like I said, in no particular order, I'll start. Number 10, Peanut Butter Captain Crunch. Okay. Yeah. That, that's a, that's uh, a crossover that, with me. That's a good start. Number 9, Cookie Crisp. The chocolate chip cookie remake. Okay. Number eight, Super Mario Brothers, which, as I recall, were on the fruity side of the spectrum. Whoa. Okay. So was this a? I've never had the Super Mario Brothers cereal. I missed. That. All right. So this shit was sold. Now, I uh, grew up in the white version of the hood, which I guess is the trailer park on welfare, <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, so we would shop at like discount grocery stores where like the cans were dented and the boxes, maybe somebody opened them up and took out a handful and put it back real quick. And so the Mario Brothers cereal could have been like a bootleg. I don't even know if it was in regular grocery stores, but the box. <laughs> I do remember there being one. The box looked black, like the screen of the Mario Brothers. And then it, it was like a pixelated picture of Mario, like jumping up the fire levels, you know, with the swinging. Um, <laughs> fire ropes 
So I remember the box, and those were pretty delicious. And it was like little Mario's and Luigi's. They were like red and green. I, I know what to get you next Christmas. I'm going to find a box of that. If you find that on eBay, eBay it's probably $1,000. But <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, number seven is a tie with all the Pebbles family, Fruity and Coco. Okay. A number bit, six. A little bit of cheating, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, I couldn't, it's hard to pick, you know. Mm. <clears throat> I lean Coco because then you get chocolate milk bonus. Okay. okay. That's a good idea. <laughs> number, number six, flavored milk continues with cinnamon toast crunch. Maybe the best milk shit ever. Mm. Okay. <laughs> that, that's a good subcategory. Let's all name what we think the best milk is afterwards. Number five. This is a throwback, early 90s, oatmeal swirlers. This was some oatmeal, but you mixed it with this sugar packet that was kind of like the frosting that comes with toaster strudels. You're straight up, you're straight up mixing it? Like, you got to do extra work? <laughs> well, you microwave it for only 30 seconds. I remember you needed, like, a splash of water and then all the syrup you could handle. And it was like, you're, Mike, you, were, you were tweaking Jesus. within a minute. Mike, I, I don't know. That sounds like oatmeal to me. What do you think? Yeah, but it, it was like, like I mean, <laughs> it sounds it sounds like you know oatmeal that a child just created with a bunch of shit in it. <laughs> now, did you put was it cold milk? No, it was hot. It was hot water, and then like uh, say it was pot. But I, I yeah, it was pot milk. Yes, my mom gave me THC infused milk. She's awesome. No, All but right. like we'll, we'll, we'll let it pass. But listen, I was fat, so I always use whole milk, so I count anything that I put milk and sugar in as cereal, because I did that to, Like, I would take Cocoa Krispies and put sugar on it. Wow. That's incredible. So I counted oatmeal swirlers, because again, they were like a knockoff my... Anyway. Okay. <laughs> on a technicality, I'll disqualify that, since oatmeal is <laughs> fucking title. <laughs> All right. Yeah, man, get it together. Number four, Rice Krispie Treat Cereal. Not fuck regular Rice Krispies, but the treats. <laughs> remember those? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I remember. Those were, good. those were the shit. Number three, S'mores Crunch. That's an old one. It's an old one. Number two is a tie with the Monster Cereals, Count Chocula, Booberry, and Frankenberry. This press kind of, that's kind of cheating. And then number one, <laughs> if I had to pick one, I knew it would come down to a technicality. So if I had to pick one, I say Chocula. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then ice cream cones, which you guys shout all over, but I loved those things. And I remember, like, there was a version that came with actual cones in there with the vanilla and chocolate balls. Man, what is this? I don't I've never remember. Heard of this. I don't remember ice cream cones at all. Well, they were good. And actually, the thing I'm talking about was were they fun. good though? <laughs> well, to a nine-year-old young Grimes on the couch with a, a gallon of whole milk and a spoon and just eating straight out of the box. Yeah, it was pretty I love good. that it was whole milk. <laughs> I love that I could just imagine you just foregoing the bowl and just pouring oh, that, no, bowl, that, that dude, milk straight in there. The box, man. That's what I thought. Um, That's what I thought. <laughs> okay, so that was your 10 right there. Um, Mike, let's hear yours. All right. I'm going to start with what... I'll put my number one as last. Okay. So it's the rest of them are in no particular order. Okay. But I do have a number one. So Lucky Charms. I've always loved Lucky oh. Charms. Uh, Frosted Flakes. Yeah. Apple Jacks. Okay. Mm, when, I was, when I was young, I loved Apple Jacks. Apple Jacks suck, but continue. Too much like healthy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Frosted Cheerios. Okay. Uh, Honey Nut Cheerios. Oh, my God. Tricks. Mm. Tricks, yes. That's a good choice. Fruit. Amen. 
Yes. Um, I think I'm on eight. Uh, yeah, I think that's is that eight. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. One, two, three. Four. Okay, so my last two. Uh, more one of the more nostalgic ones, the Christmas Rice Krispies, which I would add sugar to. Oh so yeah, like like the little um stars. Red and greens. It was like yeah, it was like red and green and yep. white Rice Krispies, and then uh, it would add sugar okay, to. Gotcha. So it would be Rice Krispies, milk, and sugar. Wow. It was amazing. <laughs> um, that was with, fantastic. What is it with you guys adding sugar to your cereal? Because you're I've basically never done just that. having a liquid Rice Krispie treat for breakfast. Yeah. Damn. Because Rice Krispies heaven, like kind of suck by themselves. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that. <laughs> um, my number one is uh, Peanut Butter Captain Crunch. Yeah, dude. Uh, All right. So we, we got that on the crossover. That's, a, mm-hmm. that's an interesting choice. All Let right. me ask you a side question real quick. Sidebar. When I like a good PB crunch session, I'll let that thing sit till that damn thing is like mushy almost. Do you oh, like a soft? I like I like it crunchy. I want it to fuck my mouth up. Yeah. Now, I sometimes like I'll then like let it get super soft, then really fast pour a fresh hard layer on top so you get both. <laughs> that sounds brilliant. I love that idea. You have, that. You, have ta- you have talents I never even thought to ask about. I feel like you should open up your own hipster restaurant where you just like make cereal for people. I mean, I, I, think I, they, I do have hidden talents that you guys don't know about me and cereal. I think we're on to something. I think mm-hmm. that they have a cereal cafe in New York City. I'll have to, I'll have to check that do. out. Okay, so mine. I'm going Golden Crisp. Golden Crisp, not Sugar Smacks. Golden crisp. Get sugar smacks out of my face. All right. So the bear over the frog. The bear over the frog all day. Yep. Okay. So this is discontinued. It was discontinued in 2006, but it's it's called Cinnamon Crunchers with a K. All right. This had Tony the Tiger on the box. And the key with this one was that Cinnamon Crunchers did not get soggy. They stayed crunchy no matter how long. I mean, if you left them in the milk for 20 minutes. But they would stay crunchy for the entire cereal eating session. I love oh. that. All right. What magic was this? How did they do it? A lot of sugar. <laughs> oh. Or some something else, I'm sure, but a lot of sugar. So yeah, so cinnamon crunches. If you've never checked them out, look them up. All right. Rice Krispie treat cereal. I'm totally on board with that. It's one of my favorites. That was a late in life discovery. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Mm. PB Captain Baller. Crunch. Baller. Yeah. Another curveball. Captain Crunch Donuts. Ooh, Whoa. I never had those. I never had I those either. They're, they're in stock now. They're fucking delicious. <laughs> um, Fruit Loops. I love Fruit Loops. I like them more than Tricks. I would definitely put Fruit Loops higher on my list. I disagree. Tricks. I go with Tricks. Oh, I'm wrong. I think you guys are both drunk. Uh, Cocoa Pebbles, obviously. Not Fruity Pebbles. Cocoa Pebbles. Uh, Fruity Choc- Pebbles are where it's at. Hmm. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Count Chocula. <laughs> And uh, this isn't my number one. I'd say my number one all time is the uh, PB Captain Crunch. I think we all got to settle on that as like our number one. As it's a, a go to still to this day, man. When I'm ready to do it, I do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, my, I always, my number 10 is uh, C- Cinnamon Life. So that's it. Cinnamon Life. Yeah, Cinnamon Life. None of the other life crap. It has to be cinnamon. Also, Cinnamon Life is always $2.50 a box. Always. Mm, at least the places that I shop. It's a very consistent price, and it's one of the cheaper cereals on the shelf. You know, what, uh, one of the ones I, I was surprised no one mentioned was uh, Raisin Bran. Not good. 
You know, I remembered I like Raisin Bran. Like as an adult, I feel kind of like responsible eating it, even if I eat it like just with my fist. Okay, I, I will say I, I, I will say Raisin Bran Crunch. Oh, now that is a snack and a half. That's yeah. like the that best. is good. I like Raisin Bran. I think Raisin Bran's pretty good. Both Raisin Bran and Raisin Bran Crunch. Do we have any worse cereals? I'm gonna go Honey Bunches. Uh, honey Bunches and Oats, right? Like any any of that line of cereal, like the bun- oh yeah, that shit sucks. The bunches and like, the oats, yeah, life 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 the, cereal. The oats are fucking terrible. I I can't believe how much hype that Cheerios continue to get. I fuck with Honey Nut and all the flavors. <laughs> <that you want. laughs> like a regular Cheerio to me, Dude, hard like, health man. The reason- no, Cheerios with sugar, man. Put some yeah. sugar in that. What in those Cheerios. the fuck? Well, Dude, it's Cheerios. fucking bomb. Right, then they're just Honey Ooh. Nut Cheerios. Mike, I got a box of Frosted uh, Cheerios and Honey Nut Cheerios on my fridge right now, so... Fuck I, yeah. I, I got your love. Um, just saying, a plain Cheerio can just eat all the dicks. Grimes, mm. it's, it's always been my dream to have the Pop-Tart cereal. Have you ever had that? Um, yeah, there was Pop-Tart Crunch. No, I never did have that. Mm. Surprisingly. Now I've eaten... You know, the devil's share of Pop-Tarts. Yeah, I love Pop-Tarts. I always wanted to try the cereal, but I never got a chance to. Uh, I never got around to that one. I will say honorable mention. Yeah, they don't sell it anymore. I can't believe uh, Chris and I, we forgot to mention French Toast Crunch that was brought back to the market by popular demand. That that is pretty good, but I'll tell you, I've had it a couple times since it came back. I think the hype was a little greater than the taste. I still like it. Again, I go soggy, and I just, I enjoy it. All right, well, we'll be doing these types of countdowns or something related to Saturday mornings throughout our Saturday morning theme month. Again, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is on Netflix if you want to check it out. And in our in our great tradition, we went 30 minutes over. So let's let's keep up the uh, let's keep up the yeah. facade of our intro and continue to go <laughs> over in season three. And um, to be fair, uh, we never say that we're going to stay within the minutes. We just say that we're putting X minutes on the clock. The clock can expire. We're in overtime. This is bonus content. We're going to hit mm. at least twenty minutes, possibly more. <laughs> yeah. um, make sure to follow us over on Twitter, Pilot Study Pod. Uh, we've been doing a, a little countdown right now, top 10 weird TV cops in honor Love of it. Twin Peaks Returned. And we'll be posting, of course, our episodes along with just some random TV thoughts that we have whenever we want to post them. So whenever I'm watching something, I usually, I usually post something. Uh, you can also find us on SoundCloud at Pilot Study. Make sure to follow us there, and you can find our first two seasons um, obviously, we had 49 episodes before this. What's great about them is they are not time sensitive. You can listen to them whenever because you can always go back and rewatch these shows. So go back and uh, find a couple of your favorites and uh, see what we had to say about them or, or find a couple of the ones that you had not heard of and uh, listen to those. That would be cool, too. Mike, thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you, sir. What's Good your, to speak with you. Thanks for having me. What's your missing artwork uh, plugs? Uh, Missing Artwork is going to be coming back in the next couple weeks, so check out some new episodes of that. We got a premiere coming pretty soon with Kevin from Top Shelf Records, so it's going to be a special episode for that one. Talk and about uh, the art direction of the label. Yeah. And you you take one piece of artwork for every episode, and you mm-hmm. talk to the artist who did the artwork, right? Correct. That is what we do. We have a direct, fun little interview. They tell their story, 
Usually it's uh, pretty good. They tell a pretty good story most of the time. I like it. Pretty great story. And that is Missing Artwork on um, SoundCloud and Missing Artwork Pod on Twitter. Right. Uh, it's just missing artwork on Twitter. Just, just at missing, missing artwork. artwork. Okay, at mm-hmm. missing artwork on Twitter. I should know this. I'm the producer of the show. But I don't. <laughs> um, Grimes, give us your uh, give us your sweet Insta plugs. My Instagram, if you want to see the face behind the voice, <laughs> I do. Is Grimes John same as my Twitter? But you just have to put an underscore first. But I'm sure if you search me, it will come up. If and you're so inclined, why would you? I don't know. You wouldn't, but if, if, if you, you do, if you, if you want to see that cute ass dog, then really do it for my dog. If you're there. into cute ass little pups, my dog is probably worth the price of admission. Yeah, it's little a poop. it's a good dog. All right, it's guys. mostly him. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, and stay tuned next week. And of course, as always, we're going to drop you a little preview clip for next week's episode. Enjoy. Our first finalists, the exciting Spandex Twins, Kelly Kapowski and A.C. Slater. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Oh. <laughs>